0: 11 o'clock, I think it was, and we left about 3.30 or 4, and I remember telling my husband, boy, I I never want to go to Hollister again if if there's going to be those motorcycle fellows around town. They were awful. On July 4th,
1: 1947, at least 2,000 motorcyclists roared into a small farm community in California and triggered a series of events that ultimately changed the moral and cultural landscape of America. This is a story about the birth of a myth. The name of the town was Hollister.
2: Where's that bunch from? I don't know, everywhere.
0: Hey, Johnny, what are you rebelling against?
2: What do you got?
3: Is
4: that why you hooked up with the angels? So you could put down all the squares, so you could
3: be free? Oh yeah, they are gonna talk to you and talk to you and talk to you about individual freedom.
4: What they see a free individual, it's going to scare them.
1: The Wild One, Hell's Angels, The Beat Generation, Easy Rider, young rebels on the road, scaring the wits out of middle America. Somewhere along that road, we began to see the young as destroyers instead of vassals of tradition. Why did an image of alienated youth become so central to our time? How did we first discover this dark crack in the national psyche? What really happened in Hollister on the 4th of July, 1947? I decided to go there and find out. The only sound louder than birdsong in the streets of Hollister on the day before this 4th of July is wedding
5: music coming through the open doors of a church. The most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me in my life We went over to the county clerk to be married. He says, how old are you? And I says, I'm 21. What year were you born? I says, March 21st, 1899. He says, you're only 20. You'll have to go and get your mother. We were married for 71 years. I had one bed partner in all my life. I'm proud of that.
1: Royal Peterson, still dapper at 95, in a string tie and sharply creased trousers, was manager of the J.C. Penney store on Main Street when the bikers put Hollister on the map. I took
5: to selling clothing like a duck takes to water. It was just the most natural thing. I was made for that.
1: 1947, yeah. something happened on the July 4th weekend. Do you remember that? A bunch of motorcyclists.
5: Oh, yes, do I remember that? Those motorcycles drove right into my store. One side and came out the other.
1: Leonard Pelletti, one of Hollister's leading businessmen, had come into town after milking the cows. A boy of sixteen, I grew up on a dairy, and we would come to town for the weekends. Remember, in them days, if you lived out ten miles out in the country, you didn't come to town every day. Saturday night was a big event, you know, and that weekend I happened to be in town. (laughs) On Paletti's wall, in the only modern-looking building in Hollister, hangs a picture of a one-room schoolhouse. Its weathered frame and little steeple stands alone on a grassy plain stretching to the mountains. Ida Tubbs was his teacher, he says, and the best one he ever had.
4: I don't think I ever had a sassy child. I didn't even know what that meant. Were you in Hollister uh, in 1947,
1: when those motorcyclists rode oh, in yes. And,
4: well, know. I never saw anything bad. They just had all that publicity all over the city paper. I never saw anything bad. My mother had a, like they used to call it, a rooming a hotel. A lot of them had rooms up there, and I never saw anything bad.
1: In 1947, Hollister was a town of four or 5,000, surrounded by apricot orchards that have largely succumbed to expansion. Soon, I find out that even then, swarms of motorcyclists was not a new phenomenon. Retired rancher Dick Hill is Hollister's one-man historical society.
3: The motorcycles uh, used to come to Hollister once a year for motorcycle races and a motorcycle climb. Uh, The people that came were some of the nicest people you'd ever hope to meet. I can remember during the 30s when they would have them, all the haystacks out in the field along the road coming into Hollister, there was a person sticking out of every haystack because the hotels and the motels were filled and they didn't have any place to sleep, so they would go crawl into a haystack (laughs) for the night. I ain't got no home, I'm just a roaming round,
5: Just a wandering worker, I go from town to town At one time the people used to live out in the orchards, the migrant workers they put up tents and wooden trays and they lived there.
3: This was during the depression and they had dust storms back in Oklahoma, uh, Arkansas, but I can remember those folks coming into their ranch with a and a 1922 uh, automobile uh, with the doors tied together with baling wire and six tires uh, tied onto the back end and a couple of mattresses on top and a five-gallon wash tub and that's about all they had with outside the clothes on their back. I'm blown down this old dusty road,
4: I'm a down this old dusty road. The Casillas brothers, have you heard of that name in this town? They are some of the biggest farmers, land farmers. That family, the father, was. the school was incidental. When it was time to plant a crop, those kids had to stay home and plant a crop the time I really got the maddest at him, it was our picnic day in Santa Cruz and I wanted his kids to go. I wouldn't let him go because I had to plant.
6: I remember my dad telling a story about the cow. He said that the Lewis boys would go out to milk the cow and they'd hang their hat on its hip bone because it was so skinny. So one of them asked my dad, he says, Larry, I said, how is it your animals look so good all the time? He says, it's a big secret. He says, What is it? He says, I feed him. Yeah. The good old days. They say
1: I'm a dust bowl refugee. I wondered whether there was anything that set the 1947 motorcycle races apart from their predecessors. A reporter named Wayne digs into the files of The Freelance, Hollister's daily paper. It turns out that the young men the town used to invite into its rooming houses and haystacks had disappeared for a few years. A small detail, World War II, had intervened.
5: He came home on a ship that had been hit by a Japanese bomb. It had a hole four or five times as big as that wall. And when he when we first met him, he was shaking like a leaf. He was on deck one night, a young man, a friend of his came out. He says, Pete, Would you mind working 15 or 20 minutes longer so I can finish writing my letters? Five minutes later, the Japanese suicide dropped a bomb right where he would have been. He killed that other guy, and my son was saved. That changed his whole life.
1: If the town has a color, then sky blue is Hollister's. The 4th of July is another in a string of Hollister days that seem to mirror its temperament. After a low-key kitty parade, families are gathered in Dunn Park, eating hot dogs and nachos. A small boy hurls a baseball at a gong, and the man in the cage crashes into a tank of water. A rock group launches into a riff whose menace is lost on this crowd. No one here seems old enough to remember what has come to be known as the Invasion of Hollister. But I can almost hear The renegades converging on Hollister, almost 50 years ago today.
0: I didn't drive, so one of the sheep uh, owners was coming to town that day, so I hitched a ride to to town, this was on a Friday. I couldn't believe it. No matter where I'd walk, they'd be following me, belligerent and and trying to pick you up and that wasn't just myself it was a lot of other young women any young woman under under 30 or so that walked through town they they were they were chasing them the ones that didn't have some gal hanging on their arms oh when they'd come in the drugstore, you know yeah we never sold so many counters in our life
5: (laughs) and they were doing stunts oh yeah they were making wheelies i don't know if you know what a wheelie is well they stand up on their hind wheels and you know and they give the gas and they just go on their back wheels and the girls would be standing up on the back
0: and waving their hands and while they were going down Main Street and going into the bars and, <laughs> <just> <laughs> and uh, they'd have cigarettes dangling from their lips and at the time I, I never did smoke, they didn't look, some of them didn't look all that clean and they'd go in, right into the bar with their motorcycles. They didn't have any respect for the older people or for anybody. We just weren't used to anything like that.
1: What Hollister and mainstream America was used to in those days sounded more like this.
3: Who's the owner of the junk heap? Uh, What did I do that was wrong, officer?
1: Freckled, clean-cut Andy Hardy, his voice cracking with sincerity, surviving minor scrapes with his naivete intact, was the popular image of youth in those days. In 1942, the motion picture industry gave the series a special award for its portrayal of American life.
4: We've made a habit out of those man-to-man talks, haven't we? Yes, they meant a great deal to me.
3: After World War II, and probably as a result of World War II, we had some free spirits, <laughs> some who came back from the war and had a hard time settling down.
5: Most of them were just coming out of the service, and I think a lot of them had this build-up in them, and they wanted to release it. And it just so happened, Hollister
6: was the place.
3: Footloose, uh, they had money from coming back from the war. They lived, they were thankful for that, but they were gonna sure make up for it. And some of them did, and these were called Hell's Angels. Uh, and they weren't all from the Hell's Angel group, but they were of that, <laughs> that ilk. Uh,
2: they literally tore the town up. After I got done milking the cows, and uh, so I came into town with my wife on my motorcycle they had police all over the place stopping all motorcycles as they come into town i don't know why they missed me this was before anything happened this was before anything happened the officer that stopped us was a highway patrolman and he he was just plain plain mean i had no reason to be this was before hell's angels you know
1: Harry Prater worked for the United States Department of Agriculture before his retirement. He has the slightly injured air of a man who has never had the chance to tell his story. He's right about Hell's Angels. The Notorious Motorcycle Club was not formed until 1950.
2: So before I got down to my in-law's place on 4th Street, I had a red light and a siren on me. There was no handle for my wife to hang on to. There was no foot Pegs separate for her to feet. We never do that on a Harley Davidson. You put them on the floorboard of the thing. Anyhow, you you don't have special things. I saw this big ticket. It was seventy-five dollars, and we had a wonderful judge, a lady judge, Mrs. Johnson. And when I took the ticket up to her, she said, "Oh boy, another one of these," and she so she dropped it down to thirty-five dollars. But she said they just been overreacting. I've had hundreds, hundreds of these tickets come in. And the, she had the jail full of people already, too.
1: Gene O'Neill, a former saloon keeper, now grows vegetables in his backyard and writes poetry.
6: Well, I remember one guy named Kokomo, and he was a, just a funny little guy, and he decided to climb the flagpole in front of the post office. He got about halfway up that thing, and then he, he tired out, and he looked down and he had to come down, you know, and it takes almost as much strength to come down off a flagpole as to go up. So he took a flop, <laughs> but it didn't seem to hurt him much. He got a big hand from the people around there.
1: Barber Frank Chavez has been trimming around the ears with a straight razor for over 35 years in Hollister. He was 13 years old at the time, And like a lot of other folk, just stood around and watched the show.
5: Like I say, I was just standing there and I saw these two bikers, drunk and a son of a gun, Mm -hmm. jump the curb, drive their bikes bikes into the bar, inside the bar, mind you, inside the bar, and just gun the heck out of those two bikes, and out the side door they went. I, I remember. One guy, I guess, he really got out of hand anyway. I remember walking down by a jailhouse, and there was a bunch of bikers out there trying to get that poor guy out of jail. I thought it was going to be a riot because, man, they were pretty mad. The jail was full. They just
4: couldn't put any more in there. And of course, (laughs) the jail wasn't too big either.
2: (laughs) And uh, the more they drank, the louder they got. In fact, there was so much broken glass and beer bottles and cans that the curbs were filled on the main street.
0: People complained because right off main street, all the lawns, they'd just go over there and sleep on the lawns, on the courthouse lawn, all over. They'd just stretch out and make themselves at home and through the beer bottles, and and just couples just sleep right out in the open. No respect.
2: Right there at the Elks building, there's balconies out there, and I saw a lady with an evening gown on drop a whole glass, a highball glass, glass and all, out onto the sidewalk like a bomb. The host of people just had a chance to let their hair down, and a lot of that stuff went on was non bikers.
1: A special court session was held Friday night to handle what would amount to 49 arrests, mostly for drunkenness, reckless driving...